At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 190. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what the hell are we going to talk about today, my man? I don't know. We're going to be stumped. Nothing happened at all. Just another boring day. Nothing ever happens right before we're about to record. Unbelievable. What are we going to do? Love it. Absolutely love to see it. So uh, that was going to be my little anecdote was how mediocre my day was and then just how amped up I got within the last, I don't know, hour. (laughs) All day I've been like, oh, just like Eeyore, just feeling like nothing. It's beautiful outside. Family's home. Just I don't know why I'm feeling and then Lou Lamarill's like, Mitch, don't worry about it, buddy. I'm going to pick you up. Here you go. Boom. Big old trade. (laughs) A big domino has fallen. So if you've been under a rock since you're listening to this, probably on Thursday at this point. So I don't know if you just awoken from a coma or something. But Lou Lamarillo has made a trade, and it was a big one. Not only is Palmieri brought in, but Travis Zajac as well for a first-round pick, a conditional fourth-round pick, and a couple of AHL players. And both players have a 50% retention on their salaries. Exactly, exactly which is big. So that's, uh, I've, what is it combined now at that point? I had it. Oh, that is a good point. Uh, it's 3.875. Okay. Oh, sorry, 5.875 for two, for two. For both of them combined. That's really not bad at all. Excuse me, that's not correct. I added Leo Komarov's number there. I don't know why I did that. Oh, Leo is no. basically not going to be anymore. But, but sorry, just a little bit more complicated. Two point eight seven five for Sajak plus two point or Zajak, not Pat Sajak. We're not getting Wheel of Fortune in here. <laughs> Wheel. Uh, three two oh. five. Five point two. Okay. Five point two million dollars this year for both. That's together. Not bad at all. Absolutely. So Islanders. We're going big fish hunting, and we saw, or we talked about, I guess I should say, last week um, about the trade deadline, and that's really what this conversation on the podcast has been for a while, and we were fully prepared to come in and just do a preview episode and say, like, hey, like these are guys who could be who are available and who could be on the move in the next few days, and then, boom, this trade comes down. So as we kind of said, I believe it was you who said last week that you thought the first round pick could come into play, and it did. Yeah, and then I wrote something today because I thought about it more going like, it, it probably won't. And then I looked around at Lou's like, resume, essentially, and how many times has he shipped out a first-round pick uh, outside of like in the, at the draft type of thing. And he doesn't do it very often, and he doesn't do it in back-to-back years. So I was like, uh, it's probably not going to happen. Hours later, he's like, not only am I going to pick you up by your bootstraps to give you a little jump, but I'm going to prove you wrong. Here's some egg on your face. Boom. Sending out that first round pick again. Ha! Take that, you loser. 
That was Lou Lamarello to me today. Absolutely. And they get not one but two players who fully expect them to go into the lineup. We don't know if they're playing tomorrow. They'll skate in morning skate, both of them. But uh, it's up to Barry Trotz if those guys are going to come in and play tomorrow. But you'd have to imagine once they are acclimated and ready to go, they are both going to be regulars in the lineup. Yeah, I I get the idea like guys don't always come in right away, but Jean-Gabriel Peugeot didn't sit out, right, when they acquired him? No, yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he played the next day. So I would be surprised if they're not in the I understand it's a day, but like I, I would be surprised if they're not playing against Philly tomorrow. I really would be. Um, maybe Zajac might not but even then, I think that's a stretch. Like you got him for a reason. There are only so many games to play. You got to play him. No, absolutely. And let's get into both of these players. We'll start with I think Kyle Palmieri, as he is the, you know, the the bigger fish, so to speak. Someone who you expect to plug in in the top six. So far this year, eight goals, seventeen points on the year in thirty four games. And this trade, we've talked about it on this show, you know, multiple times and written on it. On, on the website as well. But this just felt like a guy that Lou Lamarillo would be all over. And, you know, the, that's, this is the one that he ends up getting. A 25-goal scorer uh, seemingly every year. I mean, if you go back to 2015-16, 30 goals, 26, 24 in 62 games, mind you. 27, 25, and 65 last year. And, and this year, numbers are a little bit down, but Jersey's struggling pretty good, so... Yeah, Jersey's struggling pretty hard. Um, I, I've seen some posting like he's on the decline, but when you really dig down on the on the underlying numbers, you go like, "This is a guy who drives play very well." Uh, is it's maybe not a an elite level player. I don't think he ever was, but you're you're getting no. a guy who can very well still put up fifty points in a year if if everything goes well and if he plays with with good players, which is what he's going to do with the Islanders. Absolutely, and. You know, ever since the Anders Lee injury, we've made it pretty clear that you can't really replace a guy like Anders Lee, but at least here you have someone who, you know, is a, you know, 50 point player and that kind of slots in where Lee's production is different kind of player from Anders Lee, but at least it's a top six, another top six body on this team instead of Leo Komarov or Kiefer Bellows playing up top. Yeah, and he's not a net front presence guy, like you said. He's no. not a one-for-one one swap with Anders Lee, but he's a shooter, right? And, and maybe not a volume shooter, but the guy gets up to uh, nearly 200 shots on net a, a year. That's good. He's got 84 right now. He's not shooting particularly well at 9.5%. His career percentage is 12.6. I would expect that to go up. But the one thing that I look at is the power play. Mm-hmm. Over the last four, sorry, five years before this one, he has recorded 11 power play goals in four of those years. The one that he didn't, he had eight. No, that's good. And and definitely a need because the Islanders' power play was clicking. And then seemingly after Anders Lee went down and just other stuff on top of that, it's been struggling a little bit. So having someone who could put the puck in the back of the net on the power play is going to be huge. And I mean, last year, for as good as they played in the playoffs, their power play wasn't really any good. So if you add that element on top of it, like that just makes this team so much more dangerous. Right. And that that's the thing, right? It adds that extra little element of danger. So when they're on the power play, it's like, well, crap, now I got to worry about Kyle Palmieri as well as everyone else, like Barzal, Eberle, Wallstrom, 
the guys from the point. Like, they're, they're, it's another thing to worry about. It's another weapon in your arsenal. Assuming every like he turns it around just just a little bit, like seventeen points in thirty four games isn't terrible, um, but we, we ideally we would like to see him perform better than that, even just a slightly. Uh, but I could absolutely see that happening for the Islanders. Again, he's going to be playing with better opposition or better uh, players. Like he his his most consistent centers uh, in uh, for the Devils were Jack Hughes. Which is a great player, but we're talking about a sophomore player, so like still learning some stuff. Uh, Matthew Barzell is two years ahead, so that's going to be better. Assuming he plays with him, I don't think he will. Um, he might, whatever. Uh, and then I think it, it that it's not Nico Hischer after that. He's missed most of the year. I think it has been Tra- Travis Sajak as the next one. So like, when no no offense to Travis Sajak because we picked him up, but like he's not. Um, Brock Nelson in terms of quality and play driving in the offensive zone. No. So like the, this is going to be more quality that he's going to get to play with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be an added bonus. And uh, you mentioned Travis Zajac, so we might as well look at those numbers as well. Uh, 33 games this year, 18 points, 7 goals, 11 assists. Uh, this is someone who had 25 points last year in 69 games, year prior, 46. Uh, he's usually like a third line center kind of a guy, but the Islanders already have the best third line center in JG Pajot. So I don't see him filling that role, but I do think they could move him to the wing and still have him be a productive player at this point in his career. So think about this. Yes. He scored 25 points last year. He already has 18 this year. He's 35. So he's up there, but he's on pace for a 45 point year over a full NHL season. That's pretty good. And he did 46 just two years ago. Like, yeah. this guy's down and up, down and up. Now now he's what should be on the upswing playing for a team, again, that is better. So he'll likely, I believe, slot on the third line with Peugeot and Wallstrom. And now you're giving him the best third line center in the league. Or they could switch, right? Whatever. You can have Peugeot play somewhere, uh, play elsewhere in the lineup. Or you have, and then you have Wallstrom, who just takes shots for days. Can't tell me that Travis Sajak is not going to like playing in that situation. No, absolutely. And what they do, we'll get into lineup stuff in a little bit, but just Mm -hmm. to add on top of that, this is a guy who has a 53.7 career faceoff percentage. Um, He's he's very good in the faceoff dot. This year at only 49.9%, but last couple of years, 52.8, 58.2, 50.9, 54.6. Like He's a solid faceoff guy. And that's just another thing that helps you depth-wise going forward. Oh, we lost a draw. Not Maybe not lost a draw, but like Pedro gets kicked out of the draw. Let's put Zajac in there. On the penalty kill, right? Because he'll play on the penalty kill for sure. Let's get Travis out there winning winning face-off draws or at least lining up if Pedro loses one or Brock loses one. You got, a, you got another backup or Casey loses one. Mm-hmm. You have four centers that you can uh, flip through on the penalty kill. And, and while we, we talk about how the power play needs to be an advantage. Well, that 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 goes for every other team. But if you can nullify that advantage in the postseason, that's a huge advantage for you. And, and so that's what the Islanders are going for here, is that we're getting a guy that can help us on the power, pay, power play in Palmieri, but now we're getting a guy that can help us solidify that third line and solidify our center depth going forward to help us not only at center, but in the penalty kill, which is a huge advantage for the Islanders. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just it adds another quality body in here. And 
kind of, not necessarily lineup yet, but guys who are not going to be in the lineup that tosses out like the Ross Johnstons, Michael Del Cole, Leo Komarov. Like we should probably not see any of those three guys again, considering if again when Zajac and Palmieri are, are here and ready to go, like they're stable, steady players that I don't think Barry Trotz is going to want to shuffle in and out of the lineup. I think they are here and here to stay in the lineup for the rest of the year. It would surprise me, right? Like, imagine, like, no, no, sorry, Travis. We brought you in to sit on the bed, on, on the press box. We're going to play Leo Komarov. We got to keep no. top line Leo going, baby. I don't I don't buy it for a second. And, like, I, I know he's advanced at, at 35 years old. Like, he's getting up there in age. When's he turned 36? He turns 36 in, in May. But they, they brought him into they brought him into play and add depth to the third line or, or maybe middle six. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, he's he's someone who's been there, done it before, been in the league since 2006, 2007. So, I mean, a ton of experience under his belt. I couldn't be more thrilled about this trade. I really couldn't. And it's not like when you talk about the difference of what he brings compared to, like, let's say, Leo. It's not like Leo is a spring chicken, right? Like, Leo Komarov is 34 years old, is he not? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. 33 or 34. Yeah. He turned 34 in January. So that's younger, sure. But it's not like we're talking with like a 28-year-old player versus a 35 going on 36-year-old. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're, we're talking about a 35-year-old who's bringing you more than Leo Komarov is going to bring you. He's Leo's better. got, what, four points on the year? I, I believe I just closed the page because I'm trying to save bandwidth here. Four points exactly on the year. My man Zajac's got 18. Right, and can give you that depth scoring, which I think the Islanders were looking for even before Anders Lee went down with the injury, if we remember correctly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were interested in bringing him in last year, but he had a full no trade and he wasn't willing to waive it. Uh, and he he did so this year in, in the final year of his contract. Yeah, absolutely. Which that's just another thing, too. Like a guy with a full no trade clause was like, no, no, I'd like to go to the Islanders and have a chance to compete for a championship, please. Like that... That, to me, is the hardest thing to wrap my brain around, which is wild. Well, that, that's exactly what Kyle Palmieri said, right? Like, he also had, I believe, a no move, and, and no one even considered that he wouldn't do it for the Islanders. He's an island. He's an Islander, right? He's from Smithtown. Yep. But um, even then, like, he said, like, I was waiting for this call. I, I was excited when I got it, and I can't wait. This is what the kind of situation you dream of. You, you want to go to a team that's looking to get something special or something special done, and I'm super excited. And I, I, I immediately I'm going, all right, where do I get my Kyle Palmieri jersey? I'm not going to get one because I'm cheap, but like the thought was there. No, and probably because he's only going to be here for this year, most likely. <laughs> so, um, But we, we do appreciate, and I did have Devils fans in my mention, positive, not negative, but they were like, these are good guys. Take care of them, which I think, you know, they're going to come into the Islanders and fit right into into the room here. Because yeah, the Devils, as a fan base, know where they are. They, they, they've had that period of success, right, specifically under Lou Lamorello. Mm-hmm. They've been there. So, like, we know that we're in this other phase. It may not be going well as per the rebuild. Been there, done that as an Islander fan. And it's, it's not taking guys nearly as long, it seems. Um, but they know that they've got to do these the, – liquidate these pieces to bring in something uh, and and so they did that uh but like yeah that that is a classy move from a classy fan base and like treat our guys well yeah which i i think islanders fans are really gonna love these two players and again they're on the last year of their deal i think they're both rental players 
But even in the short term, like Islanders fans know why they were brought in here and what the plan is. I think they're just going to appreciate it the rest of the way. And considering not so much Palmieri as he's going to go in, into a top six role, but Zajac, who is probably, as we mentioned, going to kick Leo Komarov, Michael Del Cole, Ross Johnston out of the lineup and add some consistency, that's going to be really welcomed from this fan base. Right, because we've been wanting that for a while. Again, like you said, even before the Anders Lee injury, we've been wanting someone to add to the top six. You can make the case that that Bailey isn't necessarily a top six player anymore. Middle six, for sure. Uh, Good player, good 50-point player. Um, Same thing for Bo, you know, kind of streaky. Right now he's on, he might be off tomorrow type of thing. Uh, But you get guys who've been there before and, and add that consistent element into the roles that they play. And that just helps you going forward. Yeah, we're not adding like the Nikita Kucherovs and uh, the top end talent, but we are stacked with 40 to 50 point players who on any night can go off for two points. That's huge. Yeah, no, it is because it just adds depth. And you have really like they're back to where you feel very comfortable with all four lines. Yeah. So before we get to to lineups, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, how do you feel as a Islander fan like so now we are not only not only do we feel like we should be contenders but you got your GM making contender like moves how do you feel it feels phenomenal I I texted uh, you know I got I got a lot of texts and I texted a few friends who you know follow sports and follow hockey and they they and myself included feel like the Islanders are really going for it and they have as good I said it to one of my buddies they have as good of a chance as anybody in my eyes right now which is exactly what you want um, they might not win it all. Like, there's no guarantee of that. But I think they have as good of a chance as any team that's going to be in the tournament this year. Right. And so I, I kind of feel the same way. When you look at it, you're going like, that's two big moves now and two straight deadlines, right? Like, we're all used to Stan Pat being added. Mm-hmm. Now you go, you get Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, you get Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, and you deal away back-to-back first-round picks, that is we are going for a type of dimension. And, and that is not something that we are used to. And, and it's not even that the GM is going for it, right? Because, like, Gar Snow could come out and say, like, we're, we're going for it. We're making moves to try to go for it. You'd all be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> good job, Garth. But when you look at this team, you're going, well, this team has the pedigree to back up that kind of, that kind of move. Mm-hmm. You're not just kind of, like, bringing in someone and praying and hoping – you already know that you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals with what you've got. You know that you're a winning team, and then you added a more depth that 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 should be able to push you over the the hump. Oh boy, let's go! I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm pumped, and Islanders fans should be pumped up because as Mitch just laid out, like this was a good team already, tied for first place, and this could potentially be the thing that puts them over the top and makes them a legitimate contender. So I am absolutely pumped up amped up to watch the rest of the season and see where they finish in the standings and you know as we said they have as good of a chance as anybody going forward now yeah okay so lineup how does this work because the the big thing the big challenge here is they added two right-handers yes um which is which is bizarre because they went from a team that really had no righties to (laughs) way way too many righties I thought of that when I did my lineup piece. Like, were we just talking about having no righties at all like six months ago? Yeah, exactly. And and then they bring in Pajot, who's a righty last year. And there's just Wallstrom's a righty, and now he's a regular. So I, I saw your lineup. Mine's a little bit different. Um, and obviously, I think most people are going to have 
two alrighty lines, but I don't think that's realistic. I do have one, and it's the top line. So I have Palmieri, Barzal, Eberle as my top line. My second line is Bailey, Nelson, Zajac. My third line is Bo, Pajot, Wallstrom, and then fourth line, Martin Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Uh, really, like that third line to me, yeah, you, you got me there. Because I put Zajac on, on my third line on the left wing slot. He's a righty, but whatever. Um, yeah, man, Bo, Peugeot, Walsham has just clicked and worked. Um, so, I, yeah, I, you that's, got me there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I really liked how those three played together, so I wanted to get that back. And, you know, as much as it might make sense to have Zajac, like, on a third line role... I don't think we would see a scenario where the Islanders would have three righties on the top line, three lefties on the second line, three righties on the right line, and then, you know, the a pretty standard fourth line with, you know, the two lefties and Kyle Clutterbuck on the other side. I, I don't think Barry Trotz would do it that way. So I, while that was my, like, initial gut reaction, I was like, wait, hold on a second. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I do think we are going to see a little bit of movement, but I, I really liked, and I you know, said it last week or the week before even on the post-game shows, I really liked how Bo, Pajot, and Wallstrom played together. And to me, Beauvillier is better in a third-line role because as streaky as he is, I don't necessarily want to rely on that in a top-six role every single night, night in and night out. Where Zajac, yeah, he's not... He's probably more of a third liner, but I, I feel more comfortable with him because I feel like I know what I'm getting out of him, at least. Where with Beauvillier, you have no idea on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, so th- those are good points and, and salient points as well because you're right. Bo might be on now, but he could be off tomorrow, and who knows when we get him back in. Um, but you keep him with the other French-Canadian Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, and the two seem to just click. Mm-hmm. It's working now for Bo in the second line. The Bo, Nelson... uh, Bailey line seems to be clicking. They have like 17 points over the last six games combined. That's great. Uh, But you have to make way somewhere in the top six for Kyle Palmieri. You did not bring him in to play third line role. No, it's not going to happen. The guy's used to playing top six. He's not coming in and play third line. I'm I'm not going to see, I don't think any of this, like Walsham going up to the top. Walsham is sticking with Pedro the rest of the way. So for me, it's Bailey, Barzell, Eberle, Bo Nelson, Palmieri, Zajac, Pesha, Wallstrom, and the fourth line. Uh, and, and I can see people not in the eye rolling, like dry eye roll at Bailey at the top line. But my God, this guy, this guy can pass uh, and he's a smart player. It, it just works. It just works to me. Yeah, I, I do see that point. And, you know, I don't I don't hate it. I could definitely get, you know, get on board with that. Uh, Bailey is a good playmaker, as he said. Uh, he's going to be able to set people up, and maybe Eberle can finish. My, the reason why I personally don't think I would do that is because I don't think Lou gives up a first for a guy and then doesn't put him with Barzal. That's just I don't know if that's small-minded thinking or, or what. I just that's how my brain kind of justified it, I guess. Yeah, that that's a fair way of looking at it, right? You're giving up a first. Uh, I think that was Lou trying to uh, make good with the New Jersey Devils, who desperately, maybe not desperately, but absolutely wanted it first. So he's like, all right, well, how can we make this work where we're both happy? And like you see, like they gave up 50%. They're holding 50%. They take a conditional fourth. Um, 
and, and two random prospects, really. And they're not even prospects in, in the true sense of the term. Um, so, like, they, they just try to gobble up as much as they can to, like, be, bump up the value to say, like, okay, well, now you have to give us a first. But with that being said, um, I can see the point in, like, you're, you're making this big move for a guy. Why are you going to play him not on the top line? Okay, cool. But Daisy, are they, I, I still have a hard time with a full righty top line. I don't know why, because I, I'm fully capable of doing a full righty third line. What's the difference? Um, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. But do you think that they could move him into Eberle's slot and put Eberle down with like a Bailey Nelson Eberle line? Mm. And then have like Bo Barzell Palmieri up top? Maybe. Okay, maybe they do something like that. And then your third line is then Zajac, Peugeot, Walsh. So you're you're getting all righty at least once, mm-hmm. at least once. Yeah, you although it to be twice here, right? Yeah, no, Bo would be on the top. Bo, yeah, Bo lefty. So you'd have to get it. Uh, no matter how you slice it, I think you're getting an all righty in some capacity. Yeah, I just I can't see two all righties. I, I have a hard time with that. It just it doesn't open things up when you're you're entering the zone, right? Like. Someone is going to be on their offhand, and that doesn't end up well. Uh, obviously, they're professional players, so like they, they can make do, right? You see lefty, right, or left wing, right shots all the time. Alex Ovechkin, what's up? But to have two lines like that is a bit, it's a bit much, I think. Uh, but again, we we come back to the idea here that like the Islanders added two players that definitely fit in their top nine. And improve the top nine. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like the top nine got an upgrade today. Yeah, well, one hundred. They got two upgrades. That's true. One big upgrade. Let's put yeah. them together, and it's the sum of their parts. Woohoo! Big level up. Absolutely. So I think no matter how you slice it, and that's the thing too. Like obviously, I had a different lineup than Mitch. Uh, Mitch had a different lineup than me, and I've been looking on Twitter, and everyone seems to have a different lineup. But Barry Trotz can get creative with it, and he actually has good options it's like not it's not getting creative with del cole johnston komarov and bellows it's getting you know creative with nhl and proven nhl talent he's not trying to squeeze lemonade out of potatoes (laughs) yes perfect i love that Uh, that that's kind of insulting to to guys like leo who's done well right he has done well in his role in the top line like we, we laugh about it but for for good reason and you know no disrespect to michael dalicole who was playing well but is injured and no disrespect to ross johnson because i don't want to get my face beat in but travis zajac is a better player than all three of them at least two of them i would even argue combined yes i agree yes definitely even in terms of just production but like he's a pro's pro uh so like that already fits and, and lou knows what he's getting didn't lou pick him up I know he was there when Palmieri was traded. I, I Zajac has been there his entire career, has he not? Yeah, he was drafted in the first round in 2004. Yeah, so that's a Lou guy right there. No, exactly. So he Lou knows what he's getting, and like we know Barry Trotz loves these kinds of players. Loves them. So that's why, uh, that's another reason added in on top of everything we just listed off while like Zajac's coming and playing like the the guys we just listed off I I don't see how they crack the lineup again I really don't so what happens to Bellows he's got to be like ah, I'm out yeah I mean uh have fun in Seattle bro <laughs> like yeah, I don't I don't probably. know I don't know I, and I have seen and this could kind of transition the conversation in a different way which I'm completely fine with 
I did see some takes where they don't think Lou uh, Lamarillo is done, and they think that maybe attaching Bellos and moving some salary out could be an option. So that's the thing. So because he's got retention on both of those players, fifty uh, percent on both, they still have cap space um, under the. Um, Sorry, by using LTIR money. So let me just bring it up here. So Puckpedia wrote this out. After acquiring Zajac and Palmieri and adding $5.2 million of actual cap hit, actual, uh, the Islands now have $3.1 million of annual cap space remaining in their LTIR pool with 23 active players plus one on IR. So they can exceed the cap by $12.8 million and are currently exceeded by $9.78 million. So they can make some moves still. Yeah, they could still make some moves, uh, for sure. And <laughs> just funny anecdote, want to want to share quick and then get back on track. Uh, Patreon member Bill Austin sent me a DM and goes, "Matt, you got your podcast preview up, and Lou stole your thunder." Dot 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 again. LOL. <laughs> it's just, Lou, Lou and Barry just love trolling me. I think they they make it their mo just to troll me the rest of the way. And I love that Bill picked up on that and sent that to me. <laughs> just wait till you're bringing it. Oh, 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 he's got something up. Set it up, Lou. Swish. Yeah. Oh, 4.30 on a Monday. We're going to trade Devontae's right as Matt's about to leave work. Perfect. Take that. <laughs> Take out you stupid content creator. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, so to get back on track here for a second, I do think that with that allotted space you talked about, there's a small possibility of another move happening. Um, what that is. Like, you don't see a possibility of, like, a Taylor Hall, do you? No. Exactly. No. no. The, the first-round pick is gone. Yeah. So, already, already, the Buffalo Sabres are going to have to hold money, no matter what. Um, so, that that's one of the chips that they, they now lose vis-a-vis the Islanders to get that first one. Well, we'll, we'll hold so much to make it worth your while to give us that first-round pick. That's gone. Um, they got two seconds that they can move, but if the Islanders are looking to move money out... They have to give more. So what is it going to be three second round picks? No, but you can move someone like Bellows, right? Like you, you were kind of mentioning earlier, Bellows, <laughs> two seconds. And I don't know, Robin Sallow, does that get it done? Yeah, probably. But I don't know, man. That That's a lot of movement for a team that is, wow, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? That is prided on their st- stability. Yes, exactly. So I don't think a big move like that is likely, but... If they do another depth kind of thing, would I be surprised? I don't know. A depth defenseman is probably the only thing that they might go for. And, and I say might because they've got Thomas Hickey. They've got, uh, well, I guess just Thomas Hickey that they could they could use and they have used. So do they need to go out and, and spend another, I don't know, second round pick to pick up a guy that is going to sit on the bench? I don't think so. No. But then again, they're not really playing Noah Dobson much either, right? He's still coming, you know, getting back into the swing of things after COVID. And it's only his second year in the NHL. That's true. So maybe they would, but I would eventually like to see um, Noah Dobson's time go back up. I know he's coming back from COVID. So like, I have no issue with like the 14 or 15 minutes a night, whatever it was. But uh, if we get that number back to around 18, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I would be surprised if they go for a depth defenseman just because that means someone's stepping out. 
But if you're rotating a guy with Andy Green, all right, cool. Like, this isn't about managing bonuses anymore. It's just about no. managing time. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So, uh, with that, anything else on either of the guys they traded for? Anything with this trade fallout? Um, I, I want to wait before giving it an actual grade. I want to try to give it like a good 24 hours type of thing or, or close to it. Uh, maybe not 24 hours. Let's give it a 12 hours. Let me sleep on it type of okay. thing. But so far, so good. I can't see a negative from this trade as it stands now. Like the negative will only come with if these guys absolutely crap the bed in terms of their performances where they're just plugs and they do nothing. I don't see that happening. Agreed. That's the only way this becomes a negative to me. Agree. I, I think this is a very, very good move and something that Islanders fans should be really excited about. Absolutely. So with that, shall we transition and get into uh, some prospects for down on the farm? Yeah, so not a whole lot happening down on the farm. Like uh, Finland, the, the guys are still out there playing. Uh, Henrik Tikkanen, I think I said it last week, is back in the Mestis League uh, just because he's trying to get more game time. The goalies that they had injured uh, for Kalpa are back. Uh, Russell Nishikov doing well, third-ranked team in Finland. Uh, but the thing is, like in Sweden, things are gearing up towards the playoffs where my man Josh Hosang is not playing. Lincoln Pig did not make the playoffs. Okay. And I reached out to their GM because it's been something that's been bugging me for a while. And I, I've been trying to get a hold of him for a while, going like, what the hell is happening with Josh Hosang? You guys bring him in, and then he plays four of a possible 12 games. I understand he missed the first three because of paperwork issue, but he didn't play the last five. What the hell happened? So from what he told me, it's just like, this is kind of what we thought might happen. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been a great pro. He's been a good guy for us. Uh, but we had guys come back from injury. And we knew it was going to take him time to get up to game speed. Yeah. And we thought we'd need him for a rele relegation battle. Thankfully, we didn't have to get into one because we played well down the stretch. Okay, so they basically brought him in for insurance and then didn't need that insurance? Yeah. So positive negative there for Joshua saying. Apparently, he's a really good team player. He did everything he can to help the team, even if he wasn't getting on the ice. So positive there, negative, he still couldn't play. So, ugh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from on the positive that, like, the coach is saying all the right things and that he was a good teammate and all that stuff. But not being able to play over in that league, too, is just, I don't know, disheartening. <laughs> It's it's tough, man. It's tough. Like I, I'm, I know I'm gonna get like, well, he's clearly not fit enough. Again, he's way behind the eight ball, like way, way behind. Ask for trade, they don't play him, and then he plays 22 games over a two, what is effectively a two year span. Come on, and then he gets to Sweden, like, well, you're not up to it. Well, yeah, of course, these guys have been playing since October. I haven't played since March, and even then, I only played 22 games. Yeah, I don't get that at all. So. Uh, that's a thing for Josh. We'll see where he, he ends up with next. I'm trying to figure out if he's going to go back to the AHL. I don't Doubtful. imagine so. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be in a UFA after this. So like he'll find a new home somewhere. Good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, other signing lookout for is uh, Colin Adams. Lookout for like that's a term. Still trying <laughs> to figure out what the hell is going on with Colin Adams. Has not signed for the Islanders yet. Uh, the longer this goes, like Arthur Staple had mentioned, the, the worse it gets for the Islanders because that means he's looking towards free agency. I don't see why he would do that uh, unless he's got assurances that he's going to play in the NHL by another team, um, which is whatever, fine, via some views, I suppose. Do you see that? Like, do you see someone who could play in the NHL? I, I haven't seen a ton of him, but what form I have seen, to me that screams go to the AHL and see, but 
I don't think he's NHL ready. No, I, I may, maybe I, I would sincerely doubt it. Like, there, there's no way. Even Shane Pinto isn't like NHL ready, and he he's pretty close. Yeah, and and Call it Adams is is a step below. A uh, good player, really good player, but it's okay. Well, let's see what you can do in the AHL now. Like, there's a reason he wasn't taken in the first, second, third, or fourth round. Uh, I think actually he was even a seventh round pick. Uh, let me pick it up here. So, like, yeah, I would not see him go immediately into the NHL, so I don't see why he doesn't sign for the Islanders, who could use his his depth right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think sign him, put him in the A, and see what you get. I think that makes a ton of sense. If he wants to do that, that's up to him at that point. Yeah, he's a sixth-round pick. So Okay. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up about uh, prospects is, well, we just lost two. Right, two guys stepped out. We we kind of needed to because we were getting pretty close to the contract limit. I think we're at forty eight as it stands. Yeah, forty eight. Mm-hmm. So if we 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 could have fit uh, both Palmieri and Zajac in and still fit within the fifty contract limit, but we you know to add some sort of flexibility so we can bring in a guy like Colton Adams, uh, we we need to make some room. But uh, the two guys that left. Uh, they're interesting in so much as like they're not really valued by this franchise. It's not that they don't care for these guys. They brought them in for a reason. Yeah. But AJ Greer and Mason Yost, when you look at the, at least with my rankings, Greer is at the top. He's number four uh, for all prospects. Even if I if I consider him a prospect, which I don't, so he doesn't technically rank. Uh, but if I force that in, he's a number four overall only because he's a really good AHL player. But at the NHL level, not so good. Uh, Mason Yost, kind of the same thing, lower tier. He would rank, uh, I think it was 12th in my rankings. So, like, uh, not really high compared to some of the other players in the Islanders system. So it's not like they lost a lot of quality, right? They made that big trade, and they keep some of their big guys. Baltzik, Salo, Ishkakov is a big guy for me anyways. He's mm-hmm. not actually big. Uh, Bello stays. Uh, they keep all of their their, their top tier prospects, and they bring in depth. Like this is a great great move from uh, Lou Lamorello. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just looking up the numbers now, and like you said, both of those guys like they're decent AHL players, but I don't think like the, do you really see if you like Mason Yost is twenty seven years old, hasn't played in the NHL yet. Yeah, no, I, I don't. He would rank 11th in my rankings. I just, okay. just retooled it now. Uh, right around Otto Koivula, just above him at 10, and Cole Koski at 12 below him. And Cole Koski, this is his first year at the AHL level. This is Mason's second year, second. technically. So, um, yeah, I no, I don't. I don't possible it, it, under the right circumstance, you can sure, kind of maybe. flip anyone, right? But I, I don't see it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, with all due respect to both those guys, I'm not really losing sleep about moving them in a trade for both of, you know, Palmieri and Zajac. No, exactly. So th- this is good um, contract fodder, if you will, to make room to bring in guys that are going to help now. Absolutely. Okay. So love that. A couple guys still left playing, and we got an update on the guys who went out. So makes sense. There you go. Do you want to get to the quiz? Let's do it. Yes. So I got it right this time. I'm at 190. Did there we it. go. Yes. Um, so the 190th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast, as we do every week, Matt, I got a secret New York Islander player for you. We have five clues to guess who it is. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. I was born February 8th, 1989. February 8th, 1989. Um, okay, next. I have 190 penalty minutes with the Isles. 
So there's the link. Matt Martin? Incorrect. My first NHL goal came against Montreal on February 21st, 2012. It was for the Islanders, by the way. 2012. Pelic? Incorrect. Okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, he's later. Okay, sorry. I was a fourth overall pick in 2007. Thomas Higgy. There you go. Okay, there, it is. there we go. Good job by you. Fifth one, I can play D and wing, and I'm an OT legend. There you go. I would have gotten it at that one. <laughs> Definitely. Good job by you getting at number four. Like, I tried to mask these a little bit as much as I can, but uh, yeah, that, that, that was a pretty good giveaway, I think. Yeah, no, you definitely did. And um, with that era, a twenty I don't know why, Pelic was drafted in 2012, so I should have got that. But I, I don't know, my brain went there at first. But then I was like, oh, no, dummy. And then fourth overall gave it away. Thomas Hickey. It's, it's hard when you're on the spot. I should have said King's first round pick in 2007, but like, whatever. That, I yeah, I would have gotten it there. But that was a good one. I like that. Good job by me. Good job by you. Absolutely. Uh, shall we move on then? Social segment, Mitch. What do you got for us this week? Okay, my first one here comes from Eric Islander, uh, and the tweet says, this is a reply to, this is all going to be mine or all Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac related, because that's the big news. No one cares about anything else. Correct. Um, so I said, first impressions, what is your grade on the trade? I asked everyone out there, and, and his, someone answered to us, Keith Napolitano said, at face value, the first rounder cost us, plus it's a B minus, uh, puts it in at a B minus for me. And then Eric says, keep in mind, draft is a crapshoot this year which is an absolute fact. Like, we don't know anything about some of these prospects that are going to be drafted. Yep. I think that's a so, huge factor, and especially assuming the Islanders are going to be picking in the late first, like... Yeah, like, already, like, you've got to... Let's say, at worst, 25th overall pick, and you don't know anything about this guy? Whatever. <laughs> if I got a cup, I don't care if I'm losing a first overall. No, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I... I'm with you on that mindset as well. Um, Pajot, it made sense to do it last year with Pajot, and I think in this instance it makes sense too. Like You see teams, Pittsburgh trades first all the time, and they still remain competitive. I know the circumstances are a little different. They have two superstars, but there are ways where you can survive doing it in back-to-back years. Yeah, so it, it's you got to do it sometimes, and if your window is open, you do it now, and the window is very much open, even if we don't have Anders Lee on the team. Like We're still winning even without Anders Lee, let's go. we got to do this. Absolutely. Uh, my first one comes from uh, Brian Compton, B-Comp, over at NHL.com. Says, Palmieri has a house on the North Fork of Long Island. Bunch of family in Hopog and Comac area excited to join the Islanders, which obviously I'm from Long Island. Most Islanders fans are from Long Island. So just to have a Long Island guy coming back and, like, he gets it. Like, that's such a big thing. Like, he gets it. And... You know, eventually, usually the guys fall in line with the for perfect example, Matt Martin. He's not from around here, but he is he's a Long Islander now. You're a long um, an honorary Long Islander. But Palmieri, like knowing what it's like and, and getting it too, like that's just a, such a big difference to me, too. Yeah, he gets the culture immediately. It's just ingrained in him coming from Smithtown. He's got family, like you said, in Hopog. He knows everything. I said that right, too. You did. Yes. Impressive. <laughs> Um, I tried to toss that one there, but I couldn't let it slide. Um, but yeah, that that's a huge bonus for this team that, 
where, where the culture of where they are matters a lot to the, the the team. And going forward as well, when he's going to be playing against the Rangers wearing a New York Islanders uh, jersey, that's going to matter to him. He's going to feel that. It's not just going to be some guy like Peugeot, you know, probably felt it, but wasn't as ingrained into that matchup as a guy who who's lived lived it. So, oh, yes. Love it. What else you got, Mitch? Next one from me comes from Greg Wachinski. I think we all know who he is. Uh, it says, Devil's GM Tom Fitzgerald. I hope the pick we get is the 32nd pick. I hope both of these gentlemen win the cup. That's awesome. That's really classy. Hat tip to him. That's that's awesome. That is a classy, classy move. Obviously, he hopes he gets worse than that, like or, or, or lower than that, of course. But, like, why not say something like this? You're trading these guys. You know what's going to happen. You're not like, I hope you guys fail and you're the worst. No, like, let's get something out of this. Like, I got what I wanted. Perfect. But then you still have, like, guys like Led Brett Bang saying, excuse me, trading players for a division rival and hoping they win a Stanley Cup? What kind of soft baby boop stuff is this? Come Brett, on, I think man. you need to log off Twitter for a second and just chill. This is a gentlemanly game. We don't have to beat each other's heads in at all turns for no reason. Right. Like, it's um, like put it in real life shoes for a second. Let's say you're a you know, a boss, a manager somewhere, and you have these two guys and it's like, you know, we're really tanking over here, but I could send you to this branch or whatever. And, you know, they're on the upswing and we're going to, you know, go in a different direction. But you're obviously, you want them to be successful in their new place. Like you still have love for those guys. I I mean, both of the, Zajac's been with the Devils since 2004. I was nine years old. When he was drafted by the Devils. It's a long time ago. And Palmieri, yeah, he was acquired. But let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six years with the Devils. Like, that's the fan base likes him. The organization likes him. So, yeah, they're going to wish both of them well. It makes sense. Yeah, they've paid their dues to the organization. It's time to be like, well, we're not in a position to win. Let's put you guys in a position to win and get something back for us. You're still getting a first-round pick. You're still getting a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that one. Uh, my last one comes from Joe Panterno, um, and he it's a quote from Kyle Pal- Palmieri. We kind of talked about it earlier, but I just want to bring it up again. Uh, when I kind of heard that the this is him speaking, when I kind of heard that the Isles could be an option, I couldn't have been more excited. As the days wore on here, there was a little bit of anxiety in terms of waiting for that call. I got that call tonight, and it was difficult to contain the in- excitement. That's like that's awesome. As an Islanders fan, that makes me feel so good. I love it. He's excited to be an Islander. When is the last time you heard that and felt it? Not like uh, you know those standard you know press conferences where we're bringing in some like random third liner. Like I'm excited to be an Islander. No, this is a guy like he's giddy. He's as giddy as a schoolgirl. Go like woo, Islanders yeah. baby. Yeah, to me, we the turnaround started. For me, last year when Pajot came and he talked so highly and when, um, oh my God, uh, Parise was willing to waive his no trade clause to come here. Like to me, yeah. that's when it first started to click and then like this is almost the cherry on top. Yeah, it's going to be different when we get big name free agents or, or, or we make big acquisitions. But like these are the, well, I guess these are still big acquisitions, but you know what I mean? Like the Panarins mm-hmm. type thing. Um, but we're trending in that direction where like, yeah, okay, you could go to Manhattan because you know, it's Manhattan, but you can you can come to the island and win. Which one do you want to do? And players are gonna have to go like, oh, damn it, I want to win. So like, what's up, the island? Yeah, um, and also island, pretty much a beach, fifteen minutes in any direction, and depending on where you are, half hour train ride to the city. So not too bad. 
that's not too bad at all it is it, really the, the the perfect of everything and if you want like the city vibe go, go to go to queens like or or get get as close to brooklyn as you want like it, it's pretty it's pretty urban when you get there right like yeah absolutely so i i think people are starting to realize that it's a destination and that feels really freaking good i'm not gonna lie yeah, I know I'm going to get pelters on Twitter. I know that Brooklyn is not technically part of the island. I know that. Don't. That's why I said as close to Brooklyn as possible. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> um, and, and my last one kind of falls into that where it's it's mm-hmm. Cappy saying at Capiello 72. I'm all a flutter. Yes. Yeah. Agreed, Cappy. Love it. I think that's how we're all feeling right now. Just like we're all excited. We can't wait because we got this brand new player that is going to players that are going to come in and improve this team and maybe push for a Stanley Cup, something we haven't seen since the 80s. Insane. So before we go, let's get some plugs in here, Mitch. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and a review. That really helps us out a lot. And we appreciate the love and support from you guys. It helps us continue to grow and do more content for you. Uh, you can also check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you a whole bunch of stuff. A community of Islanders fans, first and foremost. You get a mailbag show every week. You get post-game podcasts after every game. Uh, pre-game predictions. It's a whole lot of fun over there. Yeah, the mailbag has 22 comments. I opened this at 10 o'clock. I imagine a lot of these are going to ask us, like, what do you think is going to happen at the trade deadline? And we've already had something. So it's going to be a wild mailbag today. It's going to be a whole lot of fun for sure. Um, Social media, uh, I almost said Patreon again. Oh boy. Twitter, (laughs) Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter's Matt O'Leary NY. He's over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download the fan sided app and get us through there or visit the website, eyesonisles.com for your New York Islanders needs. It's a good time, Mitch. An absolute good time. Let's, Let's go, baby. Go. LGI. That's going to do it for us on episode 190. Thanks for hanging out. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.